is Web37 Daily, a 1.37 p.m. daily Twitter space on all things NFTs and Web3. Welcome to Web37 Daily, episode 20. If you've ever bought crypto, NFTs, participated in any DeFi protocols, this episode is definitely for you. On this episode, we talked to Alex Reudenberg. He is a specialized CPA in crypto. So grab a pen and paper and enjoy the gems that Alex drops around the tangible next steps. Start filing your taxes and start filing correctly with the gems that Alex drops. I hope you enjoy. Um, this is going to be a very, I'm very, this is the most excited I've been about a space in a while. Alex, thanks for joining us. We're going to get into taxes for NFTs, for artists, for in general, for Web3, I think we're going to cover. Um, today's day, uh, episode 20, not day 20, uh, Web3 7 daily, episode 20, taxes for artists is what we're calling it. Um, if you have homies in the space who will probably submit their taxes, who have made some ETH, who have made some money, who have lost some money, who have lost some ETH, you should probably invite them because this is going to be probably the most helpful conversation that they're going to listen to. And if they miss it, we can just send them the Spotify link, but it's more fun to listen now so that they can get the poem. Um, cool. Let's see who's here. Just say what's up to people real quick. Cool. Um, Alex, can you hear me as well? Yes, I can. Can you hear me well? Yep. Loud and clear. Awesome. Do you want to give us like a quick intro? Obviously, we can see your name. You're not Anon, like a bunch of homies here. Um, you want to give a quick intro to the people who are listening so that they can have context to who you are. And then I'll ask some questions. And then after, we'll ask some questions from the audience. And then we'll give out a PO app. People learn how much money they've made, they've lost this year. They'll cry. They'll laugh. It'll be great. Sure thing. So... First of all, I want to say thank you to the entire uh, 137 team for letting me uh, come here uh, and, and speak with everybody and share some information um, and make sure that we get as many people to file their taxes correctly as much as possible. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, tax CPA based in New York City, uh, approaching 20 years of tax accounting and finance experience. I uh, spent roughly five years at Morgan Stanley, four years at Goldman, three years at PwC, most recently spent three years at Global Hedge Fund, where we managed roughly $42 billion. Um, currently have my own practice, uh, have been running it full-time for about four years now, um, have a team uh, of seven people where what we do is taxes, books, um, give people advice, uh, and hopefully make things a little bit less stressful for them. Um, 
we got involved or I got involved in crypto back in 2018, um, working with um, Gift Crypto, uh, a part of uh, Coinbase. Um, ever since then, we've been involved in crypto, DeFi, uh, got involved in NFTs back in late 2020, early 21. Um, getting into NBA Top Shots with a couple of our clients. And then back in October, helped produce the uh, NFT tax guide. And then in November, spoke at NFT NYC. Um, And even though it's been about six months, it feels like five years in the NFT world. And I think we can all um, agree on that. Um, But there's still a lot of things that need to be figured out uh, within the NFT space. especially as it pertains to taxes and making sure that people are doing things correctly. Um, should I? Um, that's great intro. I think your background is wildly impressive. So I'm going to take you to like ground zero for people who will listen to this after, who are listening to this right now. Um, I'll put myself into the position of the vulnerability that a lot of people should probably do. Um, Everybody's going to file their taxes. What's the first thing that they should know? What's the first thing that they should do? And then we'll probably like go up the ladder. But what's the first thing that you think is the most important? You bet. So this is something that applies to everybody, not just artists, not just collectors. Um, You need to report to the IRS your crypto activity. Um, the way the IRS looks at it is every single transaction is considered a taxable event. Whether it's a gain or a loss, every single transaction needs to be reported to the IRS. Um, A lot of people ask us, well, how's the IRS going to know, considering that they basically still do everything via fax, they don't have the technology, they don't know what they're doing. They might not have a lot of individuals within the ranks who are experts in crypto or NFTs, but they're doing a lot of investments and purchases of contracts um, with a lot of the same software vendors that we use and that you use in order to do your activity. Um, Blockchain is more or less public. Um, Everybody's able to see what any of us have done on ETH or Solana or some of the other networks. Um, so the big thing is that you have to report to the IRS as how do we do that? What's like the, do we go to a website? How do we do that tangibly? So the reporting goes on to your personal tax return, your 1040. It goes as part of, so this is where it becomes a bifurcation between what you do. So if you are a artist, it's considered your business. So that would go on to your schedule C. Um, if you're either an LLC or a sole prop as an artist, as a investor, it will go on to what's called your schedule D capital gains and losses. Um, if you are doing DeFi and it's, um, interest or dividends that you're creating, um, that will go on to your schedule B. Um, if you are doing some sort of staking or you're doing 
um, mining that can either go on to other income schedule one um, or schedule C once again. So a lot of it really depends on what within the Web3, what within crypto are you doing? And that will dictate how it needs to be reported onto your personal tax return. The other, I think, even more important question that has to be answered on your tax return, after you put in your first and last name and your social security number and your address, before you even put any numbers on your form, the first question you're going to have is, do you have any virtual currency? And it's a yes or no checkbox. If you are on this Twitter space, you most likely have some sort of form of crypto in 21. And if that's the case, make sure you check that off correctly and check it off as yes. Because at the end of the tax return of your 1040, you sign the tax return under what's called perjury. And what that means is you're saying that you've completely and honestly answered everything on that tax return. And if there's anything that's out of place and you've signed it, they can then come back to you and audit you for those purposes and say that you've done some sort of fraud. So make sure that you at least answer those questions correctly. Got it. Well, fun stuff. Um, <laughs> um, when you when you mentioned every transaction, buying or selling, loss or gain, has to be recorded separately. Um, basically, you're talking about, let's use OpenSea for an example, you're talking about the activity of an account on OpenSea, what they bought, what they sold. Um, how is that reflected? Like, do we tell our CPA line by line, like, this is what I bought, this is what I sold? Or what does that look like? So the way that we do it, it every accounting practice is going to take a potentially a slightly different approach on this. The way we do it with clients is the first question that we ask is, please provide us with all of your wallets. Once we get a list of all of your wallets, we will then go in and do a data aggregation. We'll scrape the block uh, blockchain to get all of your transactions. A decent chunk of your transactions will be able to categorize ourselves without having to ask you, hey, what is this? Because when you're transferring it between your wallets, between your, let's say, KYC wallet and a MetaMask account or Phantom or whatever else, we'll be able to see those transactions in and out. When you're buying and selling NFTs or minting them, we'll be able to see those as well. When you have some sort of DeFi transaction, for the most part, we'll be able to pick it up as well. Where we're not going to know is hey, you have a random two ETH going out of your account. We'll come to you and we'll say, hey, can you please provide us with a little bit more color as to what this transaction was or why did you send two ETH somewhere? Um, so everybody does it a little differently. We do it as digital as possible. So we'll go through, we'll um, get all of your transactions ourselves. We'll come back to you and ask you potentially to log into your KYC account, Gemini, Coinbase, Kraken, 
and make sure that we're able to connect via API into those accounts. Once we have all the transactions, we'll review it ourselves initially and then come back to you with a list of questions. Understood. That's super streamlined. For people who might not have the means to like pay for services like yours and they're filing, let's say, through TurboTax, what should those people do? So we're not the ideal service provider for everybody, like you mentioned. Um, I, I think what people should do at least is there's software providers like Cointracker, Zenledger, some of the other ones that have relationships with Coinbase, OpenSea, and whatnot, where you're able to get either a discounted price or a free version of their software. And they're able to hook in directly with TurboTax. And that's a good starting point. If you have, call it, less than 100 transactions for the year, and it's, call it, under $20,000 of profit, that's probably the best bet and best option for you. If you have more than that, or you have some sort of complexities, those options will most likely not be ideal for most individuals. Um, and you will start to see that there's errors and manual adjustments that need to be made to the transactions. And that's where your local CPA or somebody like us would be necessary to make the appropriate adjustments to those transactions to make sure that you're completely and accurately reporting. Because as much risk there is that you're over-reporting taxable income, there's also a risk possibility that you're under-reporting taxable income. And as much as none of us want to pay extra taxes, if you're under-reporting, the risk or possible issues on the back end of for that could be much greater than the actual tax bill itself. Got it. Okay. Um, are there other options, Alex? Like you said, uh, I, I kind of like missed the part, the program that you said for people who made less than 20K. Um, would you mind repeating that? Sure thing. So <clears throat> uh, some of the softwares out there are um, Cointracker, Zenledger, crypto tax calculator, um, some of the ones around th those um, those types of software really work well um, for people who want to do it um, on their own. Cool. Um, what are you, obviously your background is, and this has been for a while, what are some mistakes that you see that people do that either cause them headaches or cause you as a um, talented CPA a headache? Um, what would be your like suggestion for newbies in this place like me? Um, so some of the things that we're seeing is some people won't initially tell us all of their wallets. Um, there's a reason why we ask for all of the wallets. Um, Maybe not on the initial pass, but on the second or third time that we go through the transactions, 
will see transactions that you're interacting with consistently or wallets that you're interacting with consistently and will will eventually end up asking those questions. Um, and the fact that you have those wallets will end up coming out and will end up basically asking for it and then we'll need to report it. The other item is that when people start to commingle their wallets, it creates for complexities on the reporting side. And commingling, I mean, not just personal and business, which is an issue, but also let's say you and a couple of friends want to get together and buy a board ape. Don't just simply have somebody send ETH to another friend and then that friend ends up making the purchase. Because in the eyes of the IRS, the individual might have received ETH for compensation and then went out and purchased that NFT. Yes, if it happens once or twice, um, you could probably remember as to, hey, this was purchased with me and a couple of friends. We didn't know we had to separate it. You might be able to, if you get a auditor who's nice to you, you might be able to get away with it. But if you're consistently doing this, um, it's going to cause issues for, from a reporting standpoint. And then also the bigger issue is audits don't happen six months after a transaction. Audits usually happen two to three years later. And we speak with a lot of clients where they're like, I don't remember what happened three months ago, yet alone January of last year. So if you get audited two or three years later and the IRS auditor says, well, where's this 10 ETH coming into your account and why are you getting it? It's going to be really difficult for you to, one, remember why you're getting that ETH coming in and it's a commingled account. And then two, um, for you to be able to actually substantiate. So one of the issues that we're seeing with a lot of people is commingling accounts and not keeping proper records of things that are happening. Understood. And is there a better way to do that? Is there like a shared wallet or like how, how would someone figure a way around to make that properly? We usually recommend if you're going to start buying um, NFTs or doing projects with people, to create a separate standalone wallet just for those individuals and those transactions. And it makes things a lot cleaner and easier for tracking purposes. Understood. Perfect. Um, again, I think a lot of people are DMing me about like questions and let we'll take questions right now. Obviously, everybody's excited to get their tax questions answered by Alex just because his knowledge in how well he's spoken. Um, if you have questions, you can request them. Um, Ilmine, what's up? Nice to see you. Gavin, nice to see you as well. Um, just want to make sure that people here gain the most value now that we have Alex. And just want to also like thank Alex again because he's so honest and straightforward. Um, we'll grab a few questions and then after that, Alex, if there's anything else towards the end that you want to talk about, we can talk about that as well. But 
my homie Drip Wallace and ask you the first question. Hey guys, thanks for having me up. Uh, nice to meet you, Alex. It's really informative so far. Appreciate it. Um, I just have a quick question. Uh, I'm Canadian. Uh, I'd I really like your input on any Canadian tax advice or uh, suggestions on what to do in reference to um, contracting someone that might be looking at my wallet specifically. So are you looking for a um, Canadian CPA? Essentially, or just any advice you might have that would be different from um, U.S. tax law. So we or I look at U.S. taxes and U.S. taxes more or less only. Um, if you are looking for a Canadian equivalent um, individual, uh, that would be Manisha, M-A-N-E-I-S-H-A. I believe her Twitter handle is at Money Manisha. Um, and she is the uh, Canadian individual that like, anybody that comes to me that has questions about uh, Canadian taxes, whether it's uh, crypto related or otherwise, I just literally go, please hold and make the introduction. I, I appreciate that, Alex. Thank you so much. I just gave her a follow and uh, I'll, I'll be in touch. Thank you so much. You got it. Thank you. Um, Liz, you got a question? This one off once again. I just want to say hi. Thank you so much for the space. It's a really important topic. And I just want to share something that's really helped me is keeping an Excel spreadsheet with literally everything on it, like the date, the name of the project that I bought, like the price of ETH when I bought it, like be as detailed as you can. And I think a lot of people don't take into consideration that part of their profits, like, there's a selling percentage like royalties and there's the percentage that goes to the marketplace. So to figure out exactly what your profit is and then like line it up at the end, you know, like all of that um, has been really helpful to do. So I would encourage anyone to try that too. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Alex, any thoughts on that? The Excel version, it's all a question of, um, what your volume is. Um, it's definitely an option and a way that some people are able to go about it. Um, or you can also use one of the automated data aggregators. Um, we prefer to do things that are as automated as possible, um, just because the likelihood of missing something is that much lower. Got it. Let's see. HB, you got a question? Yeah, thank you for giving me this moment. Um, this is not an area I'm strong in, so I'm really eager to learn and I appreciate you making the space and bringing your expertise. Can you help me understand what are losses? Because I feel like I could buy into a project, the project goes to zero. That's a loss. I could buy into a project, the project does okay, but the coin tanks, that's a loss. But in the IRS's eyes, what is a loss when you're in the crypto space? If you could help me understand that, it'd be helpful. Sure thing. Um, so the way the IRS looks at everything is it's all denom denominated in U.S. dollars. So your initial purchase, let's say, of ETH, let's say you purchase ETH at 3500 
you then purchase an NFT, let's call it instantly, also 3500 bucks, one ETH. Um, there's no gain or loss on that transaction. But then let's say um, you sold the NFT six months later, also for one at ETH, and you got that one ETH back. So if you look at it in terms of ETH, you bought it for one ETH, you sold it for one ETH, it's all the same. But today, ETH is trading at 2800 bucks or 2900 bucks. So if you sold it today in US dollar terms, you actually had a $600 loss in value. So this would be considered a taxable loss on your personal taxes. Does that help you? If you have more yeah, questions, you can ask. I mean, to some degree, people talk about harvesting losses. If you have only wins, in a sense, that's setting you up for a very heavy tax situation. So I think sometimes losses are strategic. Sometimes losses are important. So, I mean, can you give some advice on a person who is an artist, just wants to not get hammered at the end of a year? Are there kind of losses we should seek out? The way I look at it is if you're able to be in a position where you only have wins, um, please let me know how you do this because I sure as heck don't. <laughs> um, but with that being said, in all seriousness, if you're an artist and you're creating your own art, whether it's NFT art, NFT music, whatever it might be, you're for the most part just going to be generating income. Um, there's other ways that you can reduce your tax bill and it's really specific on a person by person basis with regards to what's beneficial for you to reduce your tax bill. Um, whether it's expenses, whether it's retirement planning, other methods, um, and all of it really depends on, um, what you're trying to accomplish. If you have losses and end of year tax loss harvesting, what that does is basically you bought something for, let's say 10 ETH, $35,000. And it's now dropped down to one ETH and ETH is at 3000. What you can do is you can use something like harvest.art, which will buy it for 0.001 or you can actually attempt to sell it on looks rare or open for that one ETH and get as much cash on your side as possible and take whatever else is not possible and write it off. The big thing to remember is the more cash you're able to monetize from an NFT, the better you are from an end of day cash position than trying to maximize as much of a tax write-off. Because similar as how tax rates are less than 100%, that means that you're getting less of a write-off against your taxes when you sell something for a loss. The big thing to remember is that that tax loss harvesting that you're doing, it reduces your taxable income, not your overall tax bill. So, if you have, let's say, a $50,000 tax bill because you have $100,000 in profits, 
and you have a $10,000 loss that you're able to capture from something that's down, it doesn't make your tax bill go from 50 to 40. What it does is it takes your taxable income from 100 to 90, and your tax bill will most likely go from 50 to 45. That's so really, make- yeah, that's really a nuanced and like full of stuff for me to think about. I really appreciate it. You know, as regards to winning all the time, sometimes if you are an artist, let's say I'm an artist and I have an NFT project and it goes to the moon and I'm getting all of this income and I just can't believe it. Wow, I'm doing great. And then the tax bill comes and then by that time the coin has dropped and I can't turn my wins into USD to pay the bills for what it was worth when I was winning four months earlier. So there is a way when you can fall into a trap of winning and then later when it comes to pay, your winnings aren't worth what they were worth when you were winning. So that was the sort of scenario I was hypothesizing. I wasn't suggesting that I have a magic way to win all the time. But I think no, sometimes no. people don't think about that. You know? Yeah, we, we've, we've seen a number of new clients that have come to us recently where if we look at absolute, absolute dollar terms, their tax rates are closer to 70 or 80% because ETH has dropped or Solana has dropped so much from the peaks when ETH was minting as high or some of the projects were minting as high as 4,700 bucks. Exactly. Uh, So the issue or the complexity here is if you didn't do the conversion prior to December 31st, you can't even take the loss on value of that cryptocurrency against your 2021 tax bill. You will potentially be able to take that loss against your 2022 tax bill, but it becomes a question of do you have enough in earnings to utilize those losses on your 2022 tax bill? What we usually recommend, depending on your particular situation, is that whenever you get any secondary sales or whenever you get any sort of revenue is to take those profits or take those take that revenue and convert it at least 30 to 50% to cover your tax bill. The other thing that's a concern that we've seen is let's say you're doing the mint it's at 4500 it's up there and after the mint you have to pay your contractor your artist your uh, uh, smart contract developer whoever it is You have to pay them within 30 days. And within that 30 days, ETH drops. So you mint it at 4,000, it drops down to 3,500. And you're paying them the same amount in ETH. So you owe them 10 ETH before, you still owe them 10 ETH. But in US dollar terms for tax deductions on your tax return, you'll only be able to write off whatever the current value of ETH is. So that's also another concern to be careful with and to potentially sometimes put it directly into the smart contract for the distribution of ETH to happen simultaneously for everybody, the artist, the smart contract developer, as well as for yourself. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Can I just clarify one last thing? I'm going to step down. So you're an artist. You said something that really hit me. Your, all of your secondary sales move 30 to 50% into a stable coin? Is that what you were recommending? It depends on your specifics, but yeah. Okay. All right. 
Great. That's something I'm going to walk away with. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, HP. So nice to have you. Um, Gavin, how are you, man? You want to ask a question? Hey, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I hope everyone's doing good. Um, so my question is, would you suggest an artist to actually hire a CPA uh, or do it ourselves? And if we're doing it ourselves, what is this business categorized as? Because I've done business taxes before with um, selling stuff on eBay. And with this business, I don't know what, uh, what this business is categorized as. It's all a question of complexity. Um, everybody's situation is different. We have some clients who are, who've done, call it 20 transactions in crypto. And in that case, we're like, to be completely honest, you probably don't need us to do your 20 transactions. We then have other uh, clients who come to us and they're like, hey, I did 12,000 transactions. We tell them it's going to take a while, but we'll get through it uh, for them. Um, so there's a, a number. It's a question of what your exposure is. What we're seeing is once you start to cross over 200, 250 transactions, that's where the complexities start to kick in because you're doing something different. It's not just, hey, I took ETH, converted to um, Bitcoin, did some yield farming, and I'm good to go. Um, there's usually some complexity. You're moving in between multiple blockchains. You're moving in between multiple wallets. There's something going on there. Um, and then the classification really depends on what it is that you're doing. Um, if you're just buying and selling NFTs, it's not really a business. It's a. It's most likely a um, capital investments. So it's just going straight on your Schedule D. But if you're an artist, it's probably something within the creative world um, that you're able to classify it as. But it really does depend on a person-by-person -person basis. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. That helps you, Gavin. You have another question? I know you're deep into the artist world, so just want to make sure you're good. Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> I do a lot of um, airdropping um, for holders. Um, and sometimes I've even done buy one, get one, where like basically you'd buy one and I would send one out for free. Um, I do that a lot. I do that kind of thing. Um, and I also have done a lot of things with airdrops, uh, a lot of different kind of deals. So how exactly should I go about that? Um, because they're all in different terms. Does that matter? And these airdrops are um, like my pieces, not... Um, other NFTs. Got it. So the first thing I want to say is anybody who's doing airdrops, you want to talk to an attorney. Um, what you want to make sure is that th the fact that somebody holds your NFT, that it doesn't become considered a security. Um, and by doing airdrops, there's a potential that it's going to get classified as a security. I'm not an attorney. There's a million requirements around this entire thing. So my recommendation, once somebody starts to say, we do airdrops, the first thing that I do is, have you talked to an attorney to see whether or not what you're doing is considered a, a security? Um, so I highly recommend for you to um, look into whether or not you need to protect yourself around whether or not this is a security and what you're doing. 
with regards to, let's say it's deemed that it's not a security, the two-for-one or whatever other um, stimulus you're doing um, to get people to buy your NFTs, some of it might be considered marketing and deductible. Um, there might be some additional expenses that you're able to claim around it. Um, so there's a number of things that we would start to look at and start to investigate to make sure that you're capturing all of the appropriate deductions and make sure that there's no surprises at the end of the day. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Um, Alex, I had a question about uh, the first thing that you mentioned um, in terms of like time of selling ETH and like uh, claiming a gain or a loss at a certain specific date or time. Um, how is that determined? Because I know Etherscan doesn't show you the current, uh, the price that it was, a transaction was transacted, if I believe that's correct. I was curious how that's being, how that data is being collected. So Etherscan actually has it down to, I know for a fact down to the minute, I believe it's actually down to like the second. Got it. But does it show you next to it uh, where like at that second, what the price was of the certain uh, coin or asset that you're trading with? Correct. Correct. Okay, cool. Then I'm completely wrong and completely disregard me. <laughs> um Let's see if anybody has any other questions. I don't see it. Um, I have a question. Okay, go ahead. Do you know, back to Gavin's question, um, do you know any particular NFT lawyers that would be a good reference for Gavin? Um, there's a couple. Um, Jacob Martin, the NFT at uh, attorney, um, if he's got capacity... Um, he's extremely good. Um, if he doesn't have capacity, um, another good one is Moish Peltz. Um, and then, um, the other one that we work quite a bit with is Alex Lazard. Um, all three guys know what they're doing. Uh, all three guys are at different stages of deep within crypto and web three. Um, I think Jacob Martin doesn't really need much of an introduction. He's everybody, um, or most people know who he is, um, and how deep he is in the, uh, NFT world. Uh, Moish Pelt <clears throat> spoke at NFT NYC, um, spoke in Miami. Um, I think he spoke in Denver as well. Um, so he's very well known. Um, Alex Lazard is co-head of the blockchain um, group at the law firm uh, Shepherd and Mullins, um, which is a national um, law firm that's able to help clients. Perfect. Yo, Sanan, I had a question real quick for Alex. <laughs> we I all have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a I, good space that people are getting value when the team jumps in. <laughs> oh, no, we were so talking in back channels. I said, I've learned more in these last 15 minutes than like, I can remember. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like huge win. Yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah. Um. So I have a question about like long term versus short term gains, because I do know like, for example, like if you hold a stock for over a year, the tax, like they tax that differently than if it's under a year. How does that work with NFTs? Is it the same since it is like in U.S. dollars? So if you are a investor and not an um, artist, if you're an investor and you hold your NFTs for over a year, yes, you do get a lower tax tax rate on those. My usual advice on it is if you think that the price is going to drop more than 10 or 15% from wherever it is, and this is coming from a CPA, ignore taxes and just sell it. Because the savings in tax rates, 27, 24% versus 30, 37% on a federal perspective, can't make up for the difference in cash than with it dropping more than, call it, 15%. Um, so yes, try to get to long-term capital gains as much as you can, but also at the same time, look at the economics of the particular product, project or asset that you're holding. Um, if you get more cash by selling it earlier, sell it earlier, pay short-term capital gains, and ignore the potential of long-term capital gains because the amount of cash you'll end up with at the end of the day will be less. Awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. Cool. Um, Alex, obviously people have been loving it. I highly suggest anybody listening for uh, following Alex with, he's obviously shown his knowledge and um, sincere help. Um, anything you wanted to say, Alex, anything um, you wanted to cover that we haven't? Sure thing. So a couple of things. One is if you don't have the money to pay your tax bill in April, still file your tax return. That will reduce and eliminate at least one of the penalties for non-filer. An extension is an extension to file, not an extension to pay. So simply filing an extension isn't going to give you an additional six months to pay your tax bill. And your tax, your extension will not be valid if you don't pay something in to the IRS. So a couple of things is if you can't pay, at least file. It doesn't have to be 100% accurate in the sense that if it's off by 500 bucks, it's not going to be the end of the world. So still file something. And the other big one is the extension is not an extension to pay. It's an extension to file. So make sure that you put some sort of deposit or some sort of money towards your tax bill with both the feds as well as the state. Um, and if you're doing it yourself and you're filing an extension, make sure you're filing an extension with the IRS as well as with the state. If you're not e-filing, considering how backlogged the IRS and the states are, I would recommend that you send it certified mail and don't wait until the last day to submit those extensions. Oh, and one other thing is the IRS will not accept NFTs or crypto. 
So make sure you have rails to go from crypto to fiat so that you can make those payments on time. You can make payments through ACH on the IRS website as well as the state websites. You don't have to send a check. You don't have to do not. I don't believe they accept cash. So don't send a check. Send a set up an ACH payment and then go from there. So IRS doesn't accept ETH? Damn it. Um, <laughs> Benny, let's grab the last few questions and then we'll call it a day. Hey, Benny. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Yep, you're good. Go ahead. Hi. Well, thank you so much, all of you. And I was listening to Alex, so many gems. Um, um, I have a quick question. So, can, can I go ahead? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, all right, Alex. All right. Thank you very much. So, um, so all of us pre-crypto NFT world, we everyone has a CPA and we share a great relationship with them. And when I say pre-crypto world, you know, it looks like longer time, <laughs> it looks much older. So uh, I was just thinking, I'm just in the beginning phase, Alex, um, you know, still uh, as a creator, I'm going to be putting my work out there or in terms of uh, crypto. Um, so would you, how would you, what would you recommend? Uh, should we have two CPAs? Or should we start building um, a relationship with someone who's well-versed with uh, crypto and NFTs? Because I had a conversation with my CPA. He understands, you know, capital gains, which is very common and losses. But he doesn't have information as much as someone like you to offset what will be a great strategy. What would you recommend? And thank you. Sure, thanks. So... Um, the way we work with clients is that for the vast majority of it, there's obviously exceptions to the rule, but for the vast majority of it, we take over the entire relationship. And what that means is that we'll do W-2 interest, dividend income, and also the crypto. We, for the most part, don't do um, just the crypto portion, and then the individual goes back to their regular um CPAs to do the rest of their returns. Um, the reason for that, there's a couple of reasons for that is uh, we want to make sure that we're handling and controlling the tax return that's being submitted. Um, in the event of an audit, we want to be able to manage that audit relationship with the auditor. Uh, we don't want the CPA to potentially accept all of the changes on crypto-related activity and then be able to fully defend any other changes. Um, and then the other big reason is that we want to be able to give advice, um, not just simply on the crypto side, but to make sure that we're giving advice that's holistic and complete for what the client actually needs. Because um, it's difficult for us to say, yes, you should do tax loss harvesting this year versus next year, because we don't know what else is going on in that client's life 
and in that client's income. So our usual position is that we'll work with client as long as we're taking over the entire relationship. Thank you, Alex. It really helps. And uh, props to 137 team. Love it. Love the topics. Uh, thank you very much and over to you. Thanks, Vinny. Um, Alex, if you don't mind, we'll grab a last question and then we'll thank you and close it out. Sure thing. Uh, hi, Alex. Uh, my name is Yitz. I'm actually an accounting graduate. I just graduated recently and I'm studying for my CPA. Uh, I'm a big, uh, big fan of NFTs and crypto. And I was wondering if you knew of any official resources to get more educated on where NFT and accounting kind of cross over. Um, there really isn't anything official out there. Um, myself and a couple of individuals wrote the NFT tax guide um, in October, and we released it in the form of an NFT. Um, so that's currently, call it roughly a 30-page guide that people can use as a starting point. Um, but otherwise, I don't believe that there's anything that's officially out there from the IRS or anybody else. So has it been mostly taking accounting concepts you already know and trying to find an innovative way of kind of applying it to the NFT space? It's partially that. And then it's also partially we've gone through audits um, with some of our clients as it relates to crypto. Um, and we've had pretty good relationships with the IRS coming out of those audits. We've been able to, one, see what the auditors were looking at for straight crypto audits. And then we've also been able to maintain the relationships with the auditors um, and basically ask them questions, see what they're looking for, and then go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Amazing. Um, Alex, huge thanks to you. Um, we'll probably have you on maybe <laughs> more closer to April when people are even uh, more intrigued by the topic now that they're I mean my pants are on fire but I don't know about you guys but one thing that I'll defer to Shami about is where we we're at with the P word but if we're not because of POAPS issues I know there's a way we can find a way to help the people who are looking for it today Shami um, it's not on you if it's glitching and I know the audience here is always understanding. So no need to stress about it, but we should communicate what we're doing. No, definitely want to communicate and definitely uh, don't want to stress about it, but always want to continue to push P, you know, as Gunna does, we're always pushing <laughs> POAPS. Uh, but no, unfortunately right now on POAPS and they're, they're very late to, to approve and review uh, today's POAPS. So what I want everyone to do, all, uh, how many people are tuning in right now? All 141 people uh, who are currently tuning in and would like today's PO app, uh, DM me. Uh, I am the creature here up on stage. DM me what are NFT taxes. And I will make sure that once we do have everything approved to uh, respond to all your DMs to then make sure you get today's PO app. So it might not come tonight. It might not come today. It may come tomorrow, but I will make sure that once everything is approved on their end, 
I'll make sure to get those pull-ups over to all the 140 people tuning in at this moment. So I'll say it again, just DM me, Shammy, what are NFT taxes? And I'll make sure to reply to you with a link to claim once I have them for you. And sorry in advance again uh, for the delay. Thanks, Jamie. Alex, do you have POAPs? Do you like POAPs? Uh, I have been starting to collect them. Yes. Amazing. They're now addiction. you have your own POAP uh, through 137. I really like today's too. Just saying. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sick. Cool. Um, this has been really fun. I think, Alex, you've done an incredible job making a NFTs are obviously very exciting. Taxes, personally, I can't say the same, but the way you delivered for the community and for our audience has been very um, entertaining and educational. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for being honest and not necessarily giving the right answer for yourself, but giving the right answer for the audience, which means a lot to us. And I'm sure people can see that. So whenever they need a CPA who is knowledgeable, they'll DM you for that. Um, I'll open the floor for you one last time. Uh, before I do that, I want to thank James, Alex Gomez, Shami, Nick, Gavin for jumping on and everybody who's been listening. And yeah, Alex, anything before we jump? Um. We have 45 days. I hate to say it, but there's about 45 days before taxes are due. So as much as I think a lot of us like to procrastinate, don't procrastinate too much. Great next step. I think that's fair. I think I might just open up TurboTax today and or DM you. So appreciate all of you. Um, if you missed the majority of this Twitter spaces, Web 37 Daily episode 20, and all the knowledge that Alex has dropped, we will be publishing this podcast as a podcast on Spotify and Apple, so that for people in your life who are a part of the NFT world, who need some education, hopefully that link to that podcast could help them. And Nick will just share that on Twitter. We'll tag Alex tomorrow on the tweet as well, just so that people can understand which um, podcast we're sharing. And then if anybody else has any other questions, please DM our main 1.37 p.m. Twitter account so that we can maybe write an article to help everybody through Alex's words and like just make sure that people are getting their questions answered. And thanks so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And thank you for supporting. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we hope that you enjoyed that episode. It was definitely very heavy on education. I hope you learned something new. We hope that this helped you. So if you have any friends in the NFT space and the Web3 space who you think might benefit from all the knowledge that we talked about in this episode, please share with them. Hopefully that helps their journey in the tax filing system as well. And if you have any questions, please tweet at us at 1.37pm on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out every single live Twitter space on our Twitter at 1.37pm. 37